Connor McMahon is a student at Mohawk College studying manufacturing techniques, specifically welding and fabrication, and he left home just days before his 16th birthday. He spent almost two years on the street going in and out of supports from group homes to the streets to shelters and so on. Connor joins us now from Hamilton. So, Connor, thanks for taking the time to join us on the Homeless Hub podcast. Hey, Justin, no problem. Really glad to be able to do this. So let's start at the beginning. Tell me about your experience on the streets. Well, uh, I've had a pretty vast experience with it, I guess you could say. Um, It started even before I moved, or not really moved, got uh, removed from my household. I uh, was, like, from, like, the age of, like, 13 or so, I was uh, a really just not a really good kid, I guess you could say, towards my parents. I treated them really awfully and did a lot of things that I'm not really too proud of, and that eventually led to uh, my parents saying that I created a toxic environment inside my household. So uh, they uh, moved me out to a group home out in Oakville. And uh, from there, I uh, I didn't really do too well in that uh, group home because it was it was like an extremely structured sort of setting. So that didn't really bode too well for the type of person I am, I guess you could say. And so... Uh, within like a month and a half, I got kicked out for the first time from there and stayed out for a very long time. And eventually I came back and I was living, uh, but like I moved out, like when I got kicked out of there for the first time, I was uh, living in a shelter in Hamilton. And I uh, that was, I guess you could say, my first real experience with uh, life on the streets. And from there, it just sort of kind of went downhill, I guess. I uh, eventually came back to the group home after like three weeks of like couch surfing. And, and so from there, I only lasted for like another like week and a half and got kicked out for good. I moved around a lot. I couch surfed for a little bit and I eventually uh, got a place living with a uh, person that I met the previous summer. And once again, it just kept going from one bad situation to another. So I eventually had to uh, leave there and uh, live with my girlfriend. And once again, or my girlfriend at the time, and once again, wasn't able to make things work out there. So I ended up in a shelter in Hamilton and I was panhandling. I was just doing, just trying to make like ends meet with what I had, right? And to be honest, you'd be surprised about how far $15 and two bus tickets can go. When you have that sort of experience, it kind of really does change like the type of person that you are. And so I uh, moved into a transitional housing in August of uh, 2013, I want to say, or 2012, actually. I still remember that day, actually. It was, it was pretty. It's pretty influential. <laughs> I was so happy just to be out of having to like sleep with four or five other people in the same room as you and having to worry about them stealing your stuff. And it was uh, pretty good to uh, actually have a place that I could call my own. Like people, uh, people, I guess people would take that for granted. Most people my age and maybe a couple years years younger and older, even um, they really take for granted just how much they have when like a roof over the head, free meals, 24-7, generally they're made for you. And uh, a lot of people really don't understand just how impacting that is on your life when you lose all of it. Now I uh, have, like I, my parents actually, thank God for them, actually helped me uh, figure out what I need to do and exactly how I got to do it. My mom I guess you could say she sort of lit a fire under my ass. She uh, helped me um, get back into housing, stable housing, which I still live at now. And that was in the at the end of September uh, that she got me there. And uh, also into uh, the current program that I'm enrolled in at uh, Mohawk. 
looking to your own experience, you know, it sounds like there's a there's there's certainly more than a than a couple of bumps along the way. Were you always as soon as you kind of moved out from home looking for that looking for that help or did it take a little bit of time for even that kind of motivation for you to find that in yourself? Uh, I got eventually got to the point where reality just kicked me in the face, I guess you could say, and I had to face the fact that um, I was out there on my own. I was 16 years old. I was living in a, a like in a really not the place that I should be. I wasn't going any further in life. I was just sort of existing, I guess you could say, and uh, poorly at that. And I decided that there's not really anything that I shouldn't be doing to get out of that sort of life. That's not a life that I wanted to live. I, it was a very slow process for me to be able to finally make those ends meet, and it was extremely difficult to do so, but I eventually was able to, I guess you could say, I could push past some of those barriers and be uh, set myself on the track to getting a, a, like attaining a better life. Talking about the barriers that keep you in that sort of that state of mind, keeping you either coming in and out of shelters or on the streets, what what, what kind of barriers are you referring to when you're talking about that? One of them, uh, one of the main ones that I've seen is the, uh, at least to my understanding and to my experience with it was uh, social assistance. And um, the social assistance uh, system in um, Ontario is uh, very poorly designed, I guess you could say. You can't be on social assistance and try to get scholarship or tuition uh, loans at the same time. It would have been impossible for me to be um, going to college right now if it weren't for my parents. That's just really idiotic, I guess you could say. I uh, I, I tried to, um, I when I found this out, I was completely and totally surprised about the fact that I needed to be off of social assistance but how would i have to how would i be able to pay my rent how would i be able to actually live without having to go back to a shelter and that's another problem entirely in itself you can't you have to have an address to go to college a couple of the other things that i was uh that i guess you could say are barriers is the actual um how hard it is to actually exit a street life like there's so many things that you get involved with when you're living in a shelter or sleeping on the streets or even couch surfing that it gets really really hard to be able to i guess you could say like you could just shed those troubles another barrier that uh, is really difficult is the fact that some of these people that live at shelters that are i've seen i've met people that are 23 years old that have lived in a shelter and my little brother is more mature than them, and my little brother is 15 years old. A lot of these kids do not have the emotional or actual mental stability to be able to fully live independently. And that's where you see a lot of these kids coming back into a shelter because of the fact that they don't have the ability to fully live independently. They don't know how to budget their money. They don't know how to clean, keep a clean place. They don't have to know how to solve um, a potential issue with a landlord or a roommate or something like that, and they keep on ending coming back to square one. They're at they're back at the shelter. They are they might be so on social assistance. They might have been kicked off of it, and they are literally back to. It's like they did nothing ever happened. It's like they're just living back in the same poorly lit place and poorly lit place, and which is a 
a massive amount of people that maybe don't even like that person. And when you look at it, there isn't really that much of a support in terms of the fact that these people might have some issues that aren't assessed, whether it's mental, physical, or anything else, really. And so when people are standing around wondering what the hell is going on, why are these people coming back, then maybe they should look at the fact that these people do not know how, they haven't really matured, I guess you could say. They haven't matured as a person to the point where they can actually develop skills to live on their own. So let's talk about that transitional housing. How was it that you came to be involved or connected to the transitional housing in Hamilton? Actually, the first time that I even did anything towards actually being able to live at this place was um, because of my ex-girlfriend's stepmother. And she uh, brought me over to a, um, she took me over to a youth community resource center in uh, downtown Hamilton. I um, was told by uh, one of the workers there, who was an awesome person, uh, that uh, uh, of this great youth, youth housing program. And I uh, filled out the application there, but that was in April of uh, 2012. And I didn't even hear a call back until August, no, not August, until about July of uh, the same year. What was it about sort of the transitional housing model that that really appealed to you? Um, You know, because the thing that I've always kind of struggled with in terms of people's experiences is, you know, listening to your story, you've kind of touched on all these sort of different levels of assistance. You know, you've spent times in group homes, you've been in shelters, you've been on the streets, you've been couch serving with friends, you've done everything else. What was it about the about the this idea of transitional housing that really appealed to you that you thought, you know, maybe this is the thing that's going to really, you know, turn things around for me? What was it about that uh, that appealed to you? There was uh there was one thing that I knew about uh about my the things that I needed and it was the fact that I was I knew that I was not fully ready for independent living at that time because I had tried it before. So the uh thing about the thing that I guess you could say really appealed to me was that I was going to be able to uh, have a ridiculously cheap place to live and a really nice area of uh, Hamilton and I would uh, and it was just a place of my own I was able to I had a I had a bed I had a, I had a room of my own I had my own bathroom I had a kitchen I Another thing that really appealed to me was the fact that it was something that I could look forward to and actually try and excel at because my um like my parents were really uh they said that they would help me out and paying for it if I actually gave this program my all and I saw that as an opportunity to show my parents just how much I had changed as a person so I jumped at the opportunity and I uh tried and did everything to be able to move into this place. Not only was it like an accomplishment to show my parents, it was also something I guess it was it was a personal accomplishment. I was so happy to be in this place that I literally cried. I sat down at my desk the first day inside this room of this new place. I hadn't even really finished unpacking my stuff and I sat down and I just thought in my head like this this is it. I'm I'm done fighting, I'm done searching, I, there's a place that I can sleep at, there's a place that I can call my own. I, I've been 
searching for this for so long. This is finally happening. This is here. This this is this is this is my moment. Like this is what I've been trying to. This is what I've been fighting tooth and nail for for the past however long. And it's a safe place for me to be. I can do good here. I can become a better person. Earlier, when you were saying that you didn't know your own needs when you started out on the street. Looking back and especially looking at uh, going into de- transitional housing, what what were your needs? What did you need to kind of turn things around? And what about transitional housing was sort of the solution or the answer to those needs? I really do believe that uh, when you actually have a place that you know is secure and you know is safe, like an actual stable house or a stable housing, you really can begin to work on that whatever way possible and so not only did I like personally develop as a person I also developed the skills that were needed for me to be able to fully live independently and things like uh, how to properly cook for yourself and how to budget your money how to um, keep a clean place how to uh, how to like actually deal with the fact that a lot of people will have roommates in their first uh, couple years out on their own, and um, just a lot of a lot of things like this. The transitional housing is really a great option for a lot of people because of the fact that it gives you an experience of what it is like to live on your own. However, it still has supports there put in place for you to fall back on just in case you need help with some sort of thing. And a lot of the staff that were at this transitional house really saw the things that I hadn't even considered and geared something towards being able to develop those skills. And that's what I really like about the uh, that's what I really liked about this place once I started living there was the fact that they developed a plan geared towards the individual person. From your experience, what about all the various supports that you've interacted with, all the elements that you've kind of made use of, what about them was sort of lacking or perhaps not well suited to the needs specifically of homeless youth? What what was uh, what was missing that you saw? A couple of things that were really missing were the um, any sort of supports or information about how to how to try and transition into uh post secondary education what's a huge problem is that some so some of these kids that are accessing social service are so uninformed about what they can do and things that like courses that courses of action that they can take towards actually being able to get off of assistance that some of them just say screw it um guess this is all I'm going to get in life or I'm going to do an under-the-table job or something like that. And they really don't have the ability or they just don't really have the chances of being able to attain something better in life. And even some of, some of the kids even try to get out of the situation that they're in in terms of, yeah, they got a place, they're on welfare, and what's the next step? I think that there should be a, uh, some more information as to what a person can do and flexible ways for a person to be able to go about doing them. What happens with the welfare system is the fact that a lot of these people are literally getting condemned to poverty because there's no way for them to get off of it. There's no way for them to actually be able to attend a post-secondary education. 
another thing that I really do think is missing is that there's a there yes there is programs in place inside the city I'm in at least um, to actually try and get a person some sort of like post secondary degree or uh, education or something like that and it there it's a very select few of these options or these courses that a person can take and um, really there's why would a why would a person do that if somebody is uh like extremely business like they're business minded like they can really th- like they want to go into business or something like that why would they be going and attending a course where they can airbrush t-shirts what what do you think is most misunderstood about the experience of being a homeless youth well there's a there's a lot of things that are really there's a lot of stigma and just stereotypes involved with a person living on the street. Uh, one of the one of the major things is I, I remember I was I was panhandling one day. I was sitting down on the street and I was asking a person like I was asking for change. Like I was it was just pretty much the only thing that I could really do because I still hadn't really accessed any services in Hamilton. I was still borderline Burlington. And I remember somebody literally looking at me with like the biggest amount of disgust on their face and tell me to go get a job. And frankly, that's kind of hard to do <laughs> when you're living uh, the side of a road. The uh, Another thing that's really misunderstood about them is the fact that when a person is living in a shelter or something like that, they're, just because they're there doesn't mean that they want to be there. A lot of people think that a person is out of their house or kicked out of their house because they don't want to live with the rules or they there's a, there's so many there's so many things the reason as the reasons why a person would have to do that and, and it's generally be more so those reasons than anything else like a person could have been abused by their parents or uh, didn't know where to go or didn't know what to do or a person's parents could have drug addictions or problems like that or there's so many different things that are that could lead to a person being homeless that I, that so many people just look past and it really all comes down to for those people that will never experience or or have never even had any sort of look into what it's like to be somebody else or in that situation that it just always comes down to them like to them it just all boils down to the fact that this person that they're looking at that's sitting down on the side of the sidewalk asking for you for your spare change that person is in that position because they didn't want to live with their parents or didn't couldn't really deal with the fact that of the, their parents rules or didn't like how the, it was at their house and that is so ridiculously wrong for a person to think that I whenever a person really says that about anybody else it actually makes me physically mad and sick to my stomach to think that somebody could be so withdrawn and isolated from these issues that are going about all around them that they're so that they actually have the nerve to say like okay so why don't you go back home or why don't you go get a job just because you don't you're out here doesn't mean that I need to give you or help you out or just it it just it's just wrong if a person has the ability to look at somebody and make judgments then they should also have the ability to actually get down, like get to 
know that person or look at that person and then understand maybe there's a, another reason. Maybe there's some underlying factor or thing going on with this person that has led them to be standing in front of you with dirty clothes with a hand out asking for help. So, Connor, thanks so much for taking the time today and making yourself available to talk on the Homeless Hub podcast. Thanks a lot, Justin, for uh, giving me the opportunity to even talk about it.